You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's drive time now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Cleveland Clinic. Access the number one care in Ohio anytime, anywhere. By Subway, the official training restaurant of the Cleveland Indians. By KeyBank, the banking home of the Cleveland Indians. Welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Good show lined up for you today. We will visit one-on-one with Corey Kluber. A second time now that he has been named the American League Cy Young Award winner. What a year it was for Kluber as uh, he put the Indians on his back starting pitching-wise from June 1st on. And just a tremendous stretch of pitching for him after a very slow start. And it results in his second American League Cy Young Award, and he says, well, 2014 was nice, so is this. Hard to compare the two when you look at Cy Young Awards. I don't know if I can really compare them, like you said. I mean, I think every year is different. Uh, I guess if if anything, maybe hitters are a little bit more familiar with me now, and I'm a little bit more familiar with them, so maybe there's a little bit more back-and-forth cat-and-mouse game, you know, within the game, stuff like that, that you, you try to learn from and deal with moving forward. Also on the show today, we will be joined by Ken Schnocky, the president and general manager of the Columbus Clippers. The Indians and Clippers will see their player development contract continue for two more seasons starting next April. Also coming up on this week's show, another look back at one of the great games of 2017 on our Game of the Week segment. And that's all coming your way shortly as Tribe Talk gets rolling on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Well, what a week it was for Indian starting pitcher Corey Kluber for the second time in his major league career, named the American League Cy Young Award winner. Only the 19th winner of the award on multiple occasions now since the award was instituted back in 1956. So, Certainly a tremendous year for Kluber, culminating in the American League Cy Young Award. He becomes the fifth American League Cy Young Award winner for the Cleveland Indians, the fourth different pitcher, fifth time it's happened for a Tribe starting pitcher, and the first time it happened back in 1972. Gaylord Perry with a 24-win season and an ERA under two runs a game at 1.92, and that was plenty for him to win the award that year. 
And it wasn't until 2007 that an Indians pitcher won the award again. C.C. Sabathia with a 19-win campaign in 07. And then Cliff Lee followed it up the next season, winning the award again. Back-to-back Cy Young Award winners for the Tribe in 07 and 08. Lee with that 22-3 and record back in 2008 to win the award then. And then in an extremely close vote in 2014, Kluber's outstanding finish led him to an 18-9 and record with an ERA of 2.44. And then this season, after a slow start, he finished with 18 wins, an 18-4 and record, a league low 2.25 ERA, strikeouts per nine innings, just tremendous, up uh, about a dozen a game and uh, just tremendous numbers across the board for Kluber. But if you had said back at the start of June that Kluber would even be in contention for the American League Cy Young Award, a lot of people would have shook their heads and said no way because it was a tough start for him, uncharacteristically perhaps the slowest start of his major league career. He has set such a high standard, and uh, certainly the Indians expect a lot of their ace and he was out to a 3-2 and two start with an ERA of 5.06 after his first six starts of the season and eventually went on the disabled list at the beginning of May, spent a month on the DL with a lower back issue that really dates back to spring training. He was battling that and finally had to shut it down and try and get things squared away. And man, did he ever. When he came off the disabled list on June 1st, from there to the end of the season, Kluber went 15-2 and with an earned run average of 1.62. And in those 23 starts, he struck out 224. Not on the season, but in those starts from June 1st on. So just a tremendous year for Kluber. And you had an inkling that Kluber might win the Cy Young Award when he was named American League Pitcher of the Month in June, then again in August. And one more time in the month of September as he finished extremely strong. Now, we had a chance to catch up with Corey the day after he was named American League Cy Young Award winner on Wednesday evening. And he had a chance to reflect back on things. And I asked him if if he was surprised that it was such a lopsided vote. He ended up with 28 of the 31st place votes. Chris Sale had the other two, and it was a great season for Sale. But as Corey says, no matter... How good your season is, it's still a pleasant surprise when the announcement is made, and in this case, made in his favor. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that if you look at the the year that not only Chris Sale had, but Luis Severino had also, I mean, they both had outstanding seasons, so I didn't feel like I was, you know, leaps and bounds above anybody. I think, you know, they both would have had a, a very good case as well. Not many have won it more than once, uh, just the 19th time that, that anybody has won it more than once in, in the history of the award. And and for you, looking at 2014 and then this year, obviously every year is, is different. Can you compare the two just based on where you were in your career back then and, and where you are now? Um, I don't know if I can really compare them. Like you said, I mean, I think every year is different. Uh, I guess if if anything, maybe hitters are a little bit more familiar with me now and I'm a little bit more familiar with them. So maybe there's a little bit more back and forth cat and mouse game, you know, within the game, stuff like that, that you, you try to learn from and deal with moving forward. And you hear sometimes that someone wins a Cy Young Award and it's a career year and, and, 
uh, for you. I, I think you've proven over the last couple of years since winning it in 2014 that that was anything but, that you've gone on to a, a really fine career. And, and what's allowed you to improve and get better from, from year to year as, as your career has gone along? Um, I think it's just always looking for ways to get better, not not being satisfied or not feeling like you have things figured out just because you go through a good stretch. Um, you know, people say it all the time, but baseball can humble you in a hurry. And I think just kind of having that, that constant mindset of looking for ways to improve and always trying to, to become a better pitcher, better player to, to help the team win. You mentioned baseball humbling you in a hurry and, Early this season, it, you spent time on the disabled list and, and heading into the month of June. And I would imagine that thinking Cy Young might, might have been the furthest thing from anyone's mind, just how the season started for you. And is that a great example of that? And, and what were your thoughts coming off the disabled list at that point in the season? Yeah, for sure. I think that at that point in time for me, I was really just looking to to try to get to the point where I felt like I could go out there and pitch and and help the team. I kind of felt like I was at the point where I was doing more harm than good when it was my turn to pitch just because I wasn't really able to do what I needed to do out there on the mound. And, you know, it's a tough pill to swallow to, to be like, all right, yeah, I need to, I need to go on the DL. I need to to take some time to get right. Um, But I I think in the long run, it, it ended up, like I said, allowing me to get things better to the point where I could go out there and, and help the team as opposed to hurting them. And when you first went on the disabled list, what, were there some concerns in your mind that, that you would be able to get better, or or did you think that, you know, this, this thing's pretty serious and, and it might take a while? Um, I didn't really have a, a thought process one way or the other. You know, I, I just kind of approached it as I'm going to go through the rehab stuff, the routines that, that they set for me and, and try to, attack those the best I can and just kind of put faith in the training staff that, you know, they, they could get me back to where I needed to be. Well, Corey, I know a, a great accomplishment winning two Cy Youngs. It's never happened in, in Indians history and a rarity in Major League Baseball. Congratulations. Thanks so much for coming by. Thank you. That's the American League Cy Young Award winner, Indians ace, Corey Kluber. And as you can tell, he is chomping at the bit already to get it rolling in 2018. And I know there were some concerns following the postseason when it did not go well for Kluber in two starts against the Yankees that maybe there were some injury issues there. But as he maintains, uh, you do go through some bumps and bruises and ups and downs during the course of a long season. And for him, that resulted in some time on the disabled list. He is doing everything he can already. Here we are, not even at Thanksgiving, to make sure that his body is in shape to handle that heavy workload next season and see if they can't turn things around if the Indians can get back to the postseason. So, uh, Corey Kluber, great to have him stop by for a little bit on Thursday and visit with us after being named American League Cy Young Award winner. A couple of knickknacks and and things that put this in perspective in terms of what he's done and how good he has been. Now, overall, uh, and we touched on it in our interview with him, in the the history of Major League Baseball, and we're not going to go back too far, but 1987 on, there have been some great pitchers to post ERAs under 2.5, and 
and Kluber's was under that this season. More than, than 260 strikeouts, and Kluber had 265 this year, and then to go along with 18 or more wins. In the major league since 87, only three other pitchers have done that. Randy Johnson on several occasions, same with Pedro Martinez, and also Roger Clemens. So pretty select company for Corey Kluber. And then uh, some of the other areas you look at for Kluber in terms of history on the Indian side of things, the 10-plus strikeout games in club history, he's right up there now with the likes of Bob Feller, Sam McDowell, Herb Score, Louis Tion, some of the greats of the game. And Kluber's name is right in there in terms of 10 or more strikeouts in a game in a single season, how many times that's been done, and also now in club history. And if he can maintain his health, and again, we he's already putting that body armor on by working out and, and making sure he's ready to go for next season. But if he can stay healthy, some of the career numbers that he could put up will place him uh, at the top of several elite lists in Indians club history and allow him to start moving up the major league leaderboards as well. So a tremendous year for Corey Kluber winning the Cy Young, outlasting uh, or outvoting uh, Chris Sale by a large march, and also Luis Severino, one of the finalists as well. We'll be back with a quick look at some of the other major awards that took place this week and uh, some Indians who were involved in the voting as well when we return after this time out on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. And we just had a chance to look back at the season and visit with Corey Kluber, the American League Cy Young Award winner for 2017. Other major awards handed out earlier this week involving the Cleveland Indians in the American League Manager of the Year voting. Terry Francona, who won it a year ago, finished second in the voting in a fairly close vote. In Minnesota's Paul Molitor, ended up winning the American League Manager of the Year after leading the Minnesota Twins from 103 losses a season ago to a playoff berth this season. So very much well-deserved for Paul Molitor winning the award. But Tito, again, leading the Indians to the American League's best regular season record at 102-60 and with some injuries to work with there and also leading the Tribe to that 22-game win streak and overcoming a health issue of his own right around the All-Star break. He finished second in the voting after winning it a season ago. On the National League side, a former Indians minor league manager, Tori Lavello, the manager of the Arizona Diamondbacks. He won the National League award after leading the Diamondbacks in a surprise to many to a playoff berth as well. The other major award given out this week, In baseball, it was the Most Valuable Player Award, and the Indians' Jose Ramirez. He finished third in a surprisingly close vote. He didn't finish far behind Aaron Judge, who was second to Jose Altuve, a very much deserving American League Most Valuable Player Award winner. So a great year for Jose Ramirez, one of the best offensive seasons in Cleveland Indians history. Uh, Grady Sizemore, the only other Indians hitter with at least 100 runs scored, 50 doubles, 25 home runs, and 15 stolen bases within the same season. And uh, Ramirez earned his first All-Star Game selection, was in the top 10 in the major leagues in several categories, including extra base hits, doubles, and total bases, and the extra base hit number of 91, and the doubles number, 56. Those each ranked in the top five 
in a single season in Indians history. So just a great year for Jose Ramirez, who started the season at third base, ended it at second base, again showing versatility, and a great season it was for the tried middle infielder. Over on the National League side, it was Giancarlo Stanton winning the most valuable player, the slugger for the Miami Marlins, taking down the National League award. So just a, a brief look back at some of the award winners earlier this week. And uh, when you look back on it, uh, in that voting for the most valuable player award in the American League, also named on ballots in the American League, Francisco Lindor and Corey Kluber, as well as Edwin Encarnacion, he received a vote uh, during that balloting as well. So uh, the Indians with uh, not only some star quality, but also some depth in terms of some of their best players, all young players, all returning for 2018. Stay tuned. When we come back, we will uh, do a farm report of sorts and visit with the general manager and president of the AAA Columbus Clippers. The Indians and Clippers have had a good association the past several seasons, and it will continue. We'll hear from Ken Schnocky when we return after this on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. And we hope you're enjoying your weekend this weekend as we head into the Thanksgiving holiday week. And don't forget, we are on the air 52 weeks a year, so we'll have another show next weekend, Thanksgiving weekend, as we keep you up to date on things that may be happening with the Cleveland Indians. Our hot stove editions of Tribe Talk now in full swing here during the baseball off season. And if you'd like to listen to our show, a couple of different ways you can do it. Obviously, on the Indians Radio Network, you can catch it live on an Indians Radio Network affiliate near you. Go to Indians.com. You can listen to it through the Indians website or pick it up on iTunes. It's usually available a short time after the show airs initially during the weekend. And then you can pick it up on iTunes and listen to it at your leisure throughout the week. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at Indians Radio is our Twitter address. Well, the Indians got some good news uh, recently. An extension of the team's player development contract with their AAA affiliate, the Columbus Clippers. And this will be the 10th season. It's a two-year extension of an agreement which began back in 2009. And the Indians extremely pleased with how things have gone. It's a brand-new ballpark there, uh, actually going on its 10th season. But when the affiliation was initially constructed, the, the opening of Huntington Park was right around the corner, and the Indians had their affiliate there to open that ballpark back in 2009. So some great things have been happening ever since. 133 players have played for Columbus and then the Indians over the past nine seasons. And along the way, they've made the playoffs five times, three Governor's Cup championships. That's the International League title. And they've won the AAA National Championship twice. So not only some great prospects, some of the best and the brightest that have come through and been a big part of the Indians now during their most recent run of success, but also some winning baseball down in Columbus. The longtime president and general manager of the Columbus Clippers is Ken Schnacke. And as elated as the Indians are to see this player development contract renewed and the relationship continued, well, it's very similar feelings on the other side as well as Ken Schnacke fills us in. Great news from our end, too. And, you know, I'm originally a, a Cleveland kid, so uh, I'm, I'm in the generation that has grown up uh, with the Indians and have not yet 
seen them win a World Series. So we came oh so close a year ago against the Cubbies. But this has been just a great affiliation for the Clippers. Uh, the move to the new downtown ballpark, the switch in affiliation to the tribe. It's been like a rebirth of our franchise. I think the fans really enjoy it. You know, the players going back and forth, only two hours on I-71. Uh, I certainly think it's been a grand slam and a win-win for both of us. And you mentioned that, and uh, I think a lot of times uh, maybe a situation develops where it's surprising, but i got to believe expectations were pretty high 10 years ago when when everything was completed and the affiliation took place. And, and has it gone above and beyond what you thought, or has it been about what, what you expected based on all the, the good factors there? Actually, it's gone above and beyond. I mean, you know, the Indians were in a period there where they were struggling to be competitive, but while they were doing that, this core of players that's now up in Cleveland was, was coming up through Columbus. So, I mean, you know, after these first nine years with the Indians, uh, we've been in the we've been in our playoffs five times. Three times we've won the Governor's Cup, which is a championship of our league, and twice we've gone on to be the national champions of AAA baseball. Uh, we did have one time where we lost that national championship game. So, I mean, the run in Columbus has just been fabulous. And, I mean, you know, the guys that are, are the core of the Indians, Kluber, Carrasco, Tomlin, Bauer, Salazar, uh, Roberto Perez, Santana, Ramirez, Lindor, Urshela, Gonzalez, Kipnis, Chisenhall, Zimmer, Brantley, and they all came up through here. I mean, so it's it's been a wonderful association our fans have seen some great young talent, and they've been able to see them develop and then go on and become very successful major league players. I mean, last year on that playoff roster, 19 of the 25 players were Columbus Clippers, and we're very proud of that. And you mentioned the, the young prospects, so to speak, and sometimes that doesn't mean that, that you play winning baseball at the AAA level. It, it's kind of a... It's tricky sometimes to to have a winning team at that level. What do you think has been the key that's allowed the Clippers to to have winning teams and championship teams? Well, I I think the Indians organization, starting with Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff and Carter Hawkins, I mean, uh, over over time, they've done a great job of, of, of assembling the thought that winning at all levels breeds success. You know, winning and player development go together. Uh, I've always advocated, and I kind of learned it from our days with the Yankees with George Steinbrenner. He expected a winner uh, every team that they put on the field. And when you do that with your young guys and and they win everywhere, they get an expectation that they want to win and then they're they're not happy when they don't win. So winning breeds success. It, it breeds uh, a buy-in to playing team baseball. And Francona has done such a good job of taking that and making that happen at the Indians level. And you know, you know, we started out with Tori Lavallo, who's just the NL Manager of the Year at the Diamondbacks. We followed that with Mike Sarbaugh, and now we're we're with Chris Tremme. All three of these people have been tremendous managers, uh, tremendous people being able to ha- handle the personalities. And sometimes I think managing a Triple A team 
maybe even harder than the major league club in some regards because you've got the players bouncing back and forth. You've got guys that are disappointed or discouraged when they get sent back to AAA because they've got some facet of their game they need to work on. So that's a very delicate balance that our people and the Indians organization have done a great job of of formatting and, and getting back in place. I think Michael Brantley you know, actually came down two or three different times when he was developing, and, and then look what kind of player he's become. And you know, Kipnis has come back a couple times basically because of injuries, but it's also to get his game and his swing straightened out so when he goes back to Cleveland, he's ready to step in and make a difference right away. So uh, it's a great organization, very powerful, uh, very analytical. The thought process is very good, and, and the winning is breeding success, as you see at the major league level. Ken Snocky joining us, president and general manager of the Columbus Clippers, the Indians and Clippers renewing their player development contract. And as you move forward, uh, you mentioned ballparks a decade old, which is hard to believe. <laughs> I mean, where where did that time go? But I, I know you're always looking for improvements, and, and you said you looked out the window today and there's a full-scale field project underway. Yeah, somebody stole all of our grass. It's gone. <laughs> I came in one day and 98,000 square feet of grass was gone. Now, uh, you know, this is, uh, we're getting ready to start the 10th year of Huntington Park, and we're very proud of it. It, it still looks brand new. Um, it, it's been selected seven times as the best ballpark by one publication or another, most recently this past season. And so we're we're putting down a new playing surface. It's the first time we've changed it out since the original installation. So we've had some settling and, we, and some issues that in drainage that need to be corrected. And then for marking the 10th year next year, we're going to host both the AAA All-Star Game in July and the AAA National Championship Game in September. And we will become the first city that's ever hosted both events in the same season. So we're looking to make 2018 very special at the ballpark and for all the fans. A lot to look forward to uh, from that perspective and also from an Indian's perspective as well with the renewal of the player development contract. Ken Schnocky, thanks so much for coming by. Appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Have a good day. That's Ken Schnocky, the Columbus Clippers longtime president and general manager, and he has overseen an outstanding franchise, and the relationship between the Indians and the Clippers continues for two more seasons after an extension announced earlier this month that the team's player development contract with the Clippers continues for at least two more seasons. Stay tuned. When we return, it's another installment of our Game of the Week, a look back at one of the great games of 2017. That comes your way next on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk Time for our final segment and our weekly look back at 2017 with our Game of the Week. And this one was a beauty as you looked at the pitching matchup, Indians and Detroit Tigers on April the 15th right here at Progressive Field. Corey Kluber against Justin Verlander. The Tigers were off to a great start at 7-3. and three. The Indians, meanwhile, struggling out of the gate at 4-6. and six. And it certainly was a game that, that matched up as a pitcher's duel with Kluber against Verlander. And Kluber came out on fire. Corey Kluber, ready to do battle. He is 6'4", 215 pounds. Turned 31 on Monday. He'll sink the fastball, four-seam it, and cut it. That power curve and changeup. 
Ian Kinsler will lead it off. So righty-righty matchup. The Tigers' second baseman is ready. Kluber the wind, and today's first pitch is swung on and missed. And we're underway at the corner of Carnegie and Ontario with a game-time temperature of 80 degrees. Kluber works first base side of the rubber. Kinsler batting 267, couple of homers, five ribbies. The next delivery to him, and he swings and sends one high in the air, foul down the right side, twisting toward the seats and gets out of play just barely before Almonte and Ramirez can get to it. And quickly two strikes on Ian Kinsler as Corey Kluber gets ahead in the count. Kinsler's not Matt had much success against Kluber, batting 182 lifetime against the Indians ace. Corey Kluber dominated Detroit last year. He never lost to the Tigers. He was 3-0 and with a 2.25 ERA in his four starts against Detroit last season. Now the wind in the 0-2. Swing and a miss. Good curveball, and he got Kinsler to chase a pitch way out of the batter's box, low and away. So Kluber with a strikeout of Kinsler to start today's ballgame. The pitch. Swing and a miss. Got him with a curve. So Kluber has struck out the first two Tigers on curveballs. These Tiger hitters love to get those arms extended, and they really love to drive the ball the other way. They are so good with their opposite field power. That's why you must work in on them and keep them honest. The pitch. Swing and a foul back came in again. So 1-2 count on Cabrera. No score, first inning, two outs, nobody on. Glad you could join us on just an incredible Saturday on this Easter weekend. 80 degrees, breeze blowing out toward right. My goodness, it feels like June or July. Now the wind and the pitch. Strike three, called. Locked him up with a curveball on the inside corner. Cabrera's not happy. Shocking. Tigers go in order. Kluber strikes out the side. Half inning in the books. Detroit nothing. The American League champions are coming to bat. Meanwhile, the Indians got to Verlander early and often in this one, starting in the bottom half of the first inning. Two men on for Jose Ramirez. The Indians on this homestand have batted 122 with men in scoring position. Now the set in the 1-1. Swung on, hit high, hit deep to right, away, back and gone. That'll take care of hitting with men in scoring position. A towering three-run home run to right by Jose Ramirez. And the Indians do not let Verlander off the hook. Three-nothing Tribe. Ramirez with his second home run of the year giving him nine RBIs. Oh, he got an upper 90s fastball, and did he turn on it? More of the same for the Tribe in the bottom half of the second inning. A man on for Carlos Santana, still facing Verlander. Boy, the Indians have to get this guy going. Santana, one hit in his last 25 at-bats. No shift now with a runner at second. The infield playing normal. Two on each side of second. The pitch. Swung in and ripped to deep right. This ball gone. How about that? 
Second inning in a row, a two-out blast. And Santana hit a laser into the lower deck in right. His second home run of the year, and it's a 5-0 Tribe lead here in the second. As in back-to-back innings, they have taken Verlander deep with two down. In the third, again with a runner on base, it was Lonnie Chisenhall. The pitch, Chisenhall, blasts one, deep right, down the line, gone! 7 nothing Indians. Chisenhall with a towering drive, hugging the right field line. It stayed fair. And Chisenhall with a grand slam last night. And a two-run homer here today. And the Indians have just about bloodied Justin Verlander as much as you may ever see. Now, normally a lead like that for Kluber means the Indians were on their way to an easy win. But the veteran Tiger lineup wasn't giving in on this day. They would get on the board with three in the fourth, another in the fifth, and the Indians' lead still stood at 7-4. to four. However... The Tribe would answer in the bottom half of the fifth inning. Two singles to start the inning knocked out Verlander. And then it was Carlos Santana coming up with another big blow. Green is ready. Here's his pitch. Swung on, line drive, base hit in the right field. One run is in. Rounding third, heading for home, sliding in head first is Diaz. The ball is loose on the infield, and now they have Almonte hung up in a rundown between third and home, and he is tagged out at third base. Two runs score for the Tribe, but a runner is thrown out on the bases. So they come up with the key two-out base hit again. That's been a staple today. And as this ball game heads to the sixth inning, your score, the Tribe 9 and the Tigers 4. In the sixth, the Tigers again tried to get back in it, but Kluber wasn't having it. Now the set in the pitch. Romine lifts the first pitch in the air, playable. Shallow left near the line. Lindor makes the catch. The Indians shortstop takes care of the last two Tigers. Kluber works out of it. It's the middle of the sixth, and the Indians still on top of the Tigers, 9-4. to four. In the top half of the seventh inning, the Tigers were back at it. A walk and three singles led to two Detroit runs, but Andrew Miller was on to stop the bleeding. The set by Miller in the 0-2 pitch. Swing and a looping liner to second. Caught by Ramirez in shallow center. Boy, nothing's easy when these two clubs play each other. Tigers had two. They're back in the ballgame. Stretch time at the corner of Carnegie and Ontario with a score, Cleveland 9 and Detroit 6. In the bottom of the eighth inning, the Indians' offense would say, enough is enough. Two men on once again for Jose Ramirez. Now the 2-0 pitch to Ramirez. Swung on, hit pretty well to deep left center. It is on its way to the wall, and it is over the wall. It's a three-run home run. Just clearing the 19-foot wall in left center. What a day for Ramirez. His second three-run home run. And the Indians lead it 12-6. Jose Ramirez... In his last seven plate appearances, six hits and a walk. And today, four for four with six RBIs 
and the Indians have removed all doubt. Oh, and who knew it was just the start of what would be a tremendous season for Ramirez, who ended up leading the American League in extra base hits with a career-best 29 home runs by the time it was all said and done. So the Indians led it 12-6 to at that point, and just for good measure, Abe Almonte drove in one more. Sanchez is ready in the pitch. A swing and a broken bat bouncer up the middle, off the glove, and with it, Sanchez finally found it, throws to first for the out. Call may get challenged. A shot back up the middle on a broken bat that Sanchez knocked down. He kept whirling around. He didn't know where the ball was. It was in front of him. Scoring from third was Chisinau. Then he recovered through to first. He was called out at first, but the Indians may challenge this call, and they will. Here's the call. Safe at first. So give Michael Martinez an RBI single and a good challenge by the Indians. And the way the game had gone, Terry Francona wasn't taking any chances. Cody Allen came on to finish things up. The winding pitch. Swing and a miss. Ball game. He blew Jacoby Jones away with a fastball. And Cody Allen makes it look easy. Oh, one, two, three, ninth inning. With a pair of strikeouts to boot. And Cody Allen has now struck out a grand total of 11 batters in four and two-thirds innings in this young campaign. So the Indians bounce back in a big way here today. They live with a long ball attack. They hand Justin Verlander the worst loss of his defeat, scoring nine runs off Verlander en route to a 13-6 drubbing of the Detroit Tigers. So there it is, another in our list of great games from 2017, and we have a lot of them in the archives, folks, and we'll get to them throughout this soft season. Our hot stove shows continue next week with another edition of Tribe Talk from right here at Progressive Field, so we hope you can join us then. Until then, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network.